Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, first ever Traverse Fitness Podcast, episode one. And what a journey it's been to try and get episode one done. So, um, hey, thanks for uh, listening. This is uh, my first crack at this. Uh, again, my name is uh, Chris Peters, co-founder of Traverse Fitness. And uh, Traverse Fitness Podcast is happening. And you're probably wondering, why is Chris doing a podcast? Um, I So for those who, who know and for those who don't... Um, few months ago, I took a sabbatical away from work, um, had to take time away to figure out a lot of things. And what I, what I realized my time away was when I, when, when I started this gym, you know, years ago in my, you know, apartment garage, the one thing I told my business partner, Jim, was how important it is to me of building relationships and being connected with people. And when Traverse first started, you know, when we had 10 members, 20, 30, then 50, even up to 100, I knew everybody's names. I I knew people's stories. I knew what kind of car they drove. I knew where they live. I was invited to people's homes for dinner, and I was having people over my house for dinner. Like, I was being the best version of myself that was, you know, that intimate genuine and raw version of KP of just loving on people and and feeling that type of connection. And as the gym grew, um, you know, as we got bigger and more members and more staff, more classes, I kind of found myself in this place where I felt lost. I didn't feel like the impact that I desired to have was, um, it was no longer sustainable. And that was really hard for me. And it, it made me go into a really bad place for quite some time and stepping away, I was able to kind of realize all that and come up with solutions of how can I generate that same type of feeling that I love and miss so much and a podcast came to mind and um, because this allows me to reach people through through Traverse um, in a different way, different space where People who maybe don't know me, have never met me, I've never met them, they can hear the stories, hear the things that are going on, hear the passion, hear the the rawness in people's voices and my voice of things that we love and are passionate about so much and the victories that we get to see at the gym, different events. Like I wanted to be able to tell those stories and I wanted to be the way that I am where I can be so, you know, extrovert and so vibrant um, with my energy and uh I felt like this was the best avenue. So, because creating community has always been the main driving point of Traverse. It's been the biggest, the biggest, uh, you know, most important factor over anything, over the workouts, over the recovery, over event, over whatever. Community has always been the number one. And creating like an intimate space where people feel connected, that's super important to me. So that's the goal kind of with this podcast is, you know, allowing that, intimacy to kind of be put out there on a different channel and that people can feel like they are a part of this journey, whether they're members or not, or they've been to the gym or they've only heard of it, just allowing people to feel like they're a part of of this daily life that we get to live here in Denver, Colorado um, at Traverse Fitness. So, so yeah, so I'm super glad you guys are here. Thank you for tuning in. Um, today's episode 
is going to be based on what just transpired three days ago. The Coeur d'Alene Full Ironman. Uh, it was on this past Sunday, which was July or June 25th. And what a turnout we had. Um, through the gym, we had 12 racers. Um, with those 12 racers, we had about 18 friends and family members that came out to cheer us all on. And then we had three toddlers, all under the age of three. And all three mothers are expecting with their second baby. So we had three rock star iron, iron women uh, out there, you know, cheering on their, their, their spouses, hanging on to a toddler, then carrying another baby in their belly. So um, just a, a beautiful turnout of uh, people there to support and cheer and then people there to, to push themselves. And our, some of our babies got to be exposed to a really cool environment of what a race like that is and just seeing the kids faces take it all in was really special especially for my son Luca just seeing him compete in the Iron Kids event and then him seeing his dad cross the finish line and the first thing he said to me was dada did his race and like it's like he just understood so super cool um I I wasn't exposed to that stuff as a kid so really stoked to to have um have opportunities like that for my for my son um but yeah, so the, the race, full Ironman. Let's talk about a full Ironman. Um, it's hard to put in perspective what a full Ironman is, especially if you don't do triathlons or you've you know you've never even been, you've never seen a, an event, or if you don't swim, you don't run, you don't bike. Um, so a, a full Ironman is you know you have three three events. You swim, then you bike, then you run. The swim is 2.4 miles. Um, that's, again, another very challenging thing to kind of put in perspective um, if you're not a swimmer um, or if you've never done a water swimming. So the best way I can describe that is if you go out to a open road that's flat and you take a flag and you stick it in the ground and drive 2.4 miles, get out of the car, put another flag in the ground, and then stand next to that flag and see if you can see that flag you planted 2.4 miles away. If you can't see it, grab a set of binoculars, see if you can see it then, and kind of get the idea of how far 2.4 miles is. And um, to do that with your head underwater, with a lot of people splashing all around you, um, it's it's quite the experience. And um, so, yeah, so that's event number one. After that, you're going to get out of the water, you're gonna run to your bike, and you have a 112 mile bike ride. Um, Sometimes if people are like, how far away is that place? Oh, it's 112 miles, oh, it's too far, it's exhausting. Driving 112 miles is exhausting. So biking 112 miles is even more exhausting. And that's what you do when you get out of the water, you bike 112 miles, and for Coeur d'Alene, uh, the elevation gain for that race was over 7,000 feet. So not only are you biking a very long distance, but you're also doing a lot of climbing, which uh, really makes makes a race like that even more challenging because your legs are having to work just extra hard to, you know, to push yourselves up these steep hills. And when you're done with that, you then get off your bike and you run a marathon, 26.2 miles, okay? Running a marathon, 26.2 miles. 
Some people, their goal in life is to do a 5K, maybe a 10K, maybe a half marathon, maybe a marathon, okay? I did my first marathon when I was 25 years old, and it was the hardest thing in my entire life. I told myself, oh my God, what the hell was that? That was so hard. And now I have ventured into a realm where I want to do that after I swim 2.4 miles and after I bike 112 miles. So when you start a marathon, you are in pain from mile one till when you're done. So that's kind of the, the gist of uh, the three events. And again, we had 12 people that were all associated with the gym in some way that decided to go to Coeur d'Alene and, and do this crazy, crazy task. And um, it is crazy to think about, but damn, is it a fucking beautiful thing to experience. And even if you just go and watch, when I recommend if you ever, if you can ever see a finish line of an Ironman, I recommend you go stand in that tunnel and watch people cross that finish line, see the emotion, see just the celebration, because seeing people complete a task like that is fucking incredible. Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's what we all did on Sunday. And kind of what I want to talk about in regards to this Ironman was kind of my experience and how my first full Ironman was last year, uh, 2022 in St. George. Um, it was my first time doing a full. I've done a couple of halves before that. So going into Coeur d'Alene, um, I had some goals for myself of wanting to improve. Um, I really, I'm the type of person that when I do something, I always want to be great at it. And, uh, and if I get done with it, I'm always like, okay, I want to do it again and I want to do it better. And that's just how I'm wired. I'm, I'm, I love to compete. I love sports. I love how competing in sports bring people together. Um, my closest friendships have been built through sports and built through training. And even this past six months, my friendships with people have grown so tremendously because of the hard work we're, we're putting in together. Um, so Coeur d'Alene, I knew what my goal was. My overall goal for Coeur d'Alene was I wanted to finish under 13 hours and I wanted to improve in all three events. So I'm going to kind of go over what my stats were in St. George and what they were for Coeur d'Alene. And then I kind of dive into that a little bit. And then I'm going to go into some nitty gritty stuff about how Ironman has changed, you know, my life, especially these last six months with my mental health and the time away from the gym and how it's really shown me so much of what this journey has been for me and also go over just kind of the, you know, perceptions of, you know, how people view others when they do an Ironman and how we need to get out of the, uh, the, the realm of, you know, comparing what people do because hard is hard for everyone. It just may look different. And I think recognizing that, you know, Whoever does hard things should never be put in different boxes because maybe their times weren't as good as someone else. So on to my stats. St. George, my swim. I am not a swimmer. I am like a bowling ball. Uh, I sink, I don't float, and I have terrible mobility. And my swim in St. George, I finished in an hour and 37 minutes with a pace of 2.32. So that pace is saying... Every 100 yards, I am completing every 100 yards in 2 minutes and 32 seconds. Um, that's pretty bad. That's really bad. So I had uh, a really good friend who's become a close friend of mine. His name's Mark. He's the head coach at DU for the swim team. 
Um, he reached out to me in around January after my ankle surgery, and he was like, hey, when you're back on your feet, let's swim. And, you know, I was like, okay. So Billy and I went to DU, and Mark analyzed us, did video, and we really started this incredible bond of becoming friends through swimming and him just having a passion to see us get better. So Coeur d'Alene, I had... I really wanted to improve. That was the main focal point for this race of I wanted the swim to be a testament of hard work and putting in the work to become better at something. So, so yeah, so Coeur d'Alene, my swim time, one hour, 22 minutes, average pace of 208. So I had a 15 minute improvement on my swim. Let's freaking go. So that, that was awesome. I, I was super excited about that. Um, I've always had issues with panic attacks in the water, slowing down, having to stop, catch my breath, um, being overwhelmed. And with Coeur d'Alene, Mark told me one thing, find your lane, staying in it. I found my lane and I stayed in it. And I fought people off me. I did not hesitate to let people know I was there by dunking their heads even deeper in the water. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm here to, I'm here to compete. I am capable of this and I'm not going to let anything stand in my way. So I, when I got out of the water, man, I, I just was ecstatic about the improvement on my swim and just so grateful for the time in the pool with Mark, with Billy, with Andrea, just how much they all helped me and, and you know, just the workouts we were putting in and it just all, it just, it just felt really good. It feels really good when you see yourself get better in something that you're really not good at. So that was awesome. Uh, the bike in St. George. Uh, the bike courses for these races were pretty similar in regards to um, difficulty. They're both uh, over 7,000 vertical. St. George temperature last year was about 100, 105. Uh, the temperature in Coeur d'Alene this year is much, m much more mild, 80 degrees. Uh, it did pour rain on us for a little bit, so it actually got really cold uh, for a while, which is kind of a good break from the sun. But um, yeah, so we had um, I had a seven-hour bike ride in St. George with a speed of 16.30 miles per hour. And with Coeur d'Alene, not the, not the time I wanted. I had six hours, 54 minutes, with an average pace of 16.22 miles an hour. That's a six minute improvement. Um, I, was, I was not happy about this at all. Um, again, I improved, which is great, but I was really confident about my bike because I've been biking for so long and I, I, I just have always, known like okay i i'm i'm i can bike i i can do that and i i had a lot of outdoor rides this this season <clears throat> way more than st george the st george is such an early race that riding outside last year was almost impossible due to snow and ice and i had so much outdoor time on the bike i felt so good on my climbing my hill workouts so to have a 654 when i was shooting for maximum six and a half hours 100 thought i'd be around 610 615 uh, super, just super, just disappointing. Um, my legs just were not cooperating on the hills. So I was averaging around six and a half, seven miles an hour, and I was really shooting for a nine to 10 miles an hour. So, um, it's just one of those things where I kind of was looking at my watch, realizing what's going on. And I kind of had to, you know, really make, you know, make the decision of if I go too hard, my legs are going to get blown out. I won't have anything left for the run. So I just have to just kind of take it on the chin, watching people fly by me on the uphill 
and really, really bomb it on the downhill and really push on the flat. So uh, still improved, which is great, but definitely, uh, I definitely kind of was hoping for a better outcome there. Uh, the run on the marathon, St. George, four hours, 32 minutes, average pace of 10.22. Coeur d'Alene, four hours, 17 minutes, average pace of 9.51, uh, 15 minute improvement. Um, yes, an improvement, awesome, but I really have the goal of a sub four uh, hour marathon for that. Uh, I had some GI issues on the run, had a poop twice on my second lap. It was it was brutal. Um, definitely not what you want to have happen to you when you're doing a race. Um, no expla- no explanation for it. You can't plan for it. My nutrition, I didn't change anything. I even took medicine that morning to block any type of like you know any type of poop stuff. Um, but just wasn't um, yeah, it wasn't. Wasn't working out that way on lap two, so I had a that was a bummer. So it made me stop. Which anytime you stop and you take your clothes off, you're thinking about your time. So um, definitely had an impact there. But overall finish: St. George, 13 hours, 26 minutes, 54 seconds. Quarter lane, 12 hours, 49 minutes, 54 seconds, with an improvement of a 36 minute difference. Super stoked about it, man. Um, and. Going into the race, I knew that I wanted a sub 13 hour race. I wanted to be under 13 hours. Um, definitely thought I could get 12 and a half. Uh, but again, all these things, the bright side is I improved in every area, PR'd and everything. Um, and then, you know, as an athlete, as a competitor, you can't help yourself but look at the things that you wish you could have done better in. But overall, super happy, man. And, um, you know, and I think with races, the cool thing about it all is like you can you can always improve. You can always see yourself get better. And I think that's like the big driving force for people that are com- competitive or people that like to push themselves. Because when you when you have a goal, you can do the same type of event. But when you know, like, okay, I want to I want to see what I can do better here, and I want to do better there. And you you know you you attack those things, it becomes this like obsession. Um, and you know, for me. I'm always obsessed with becoming better. And I've been like that my entire life. I just have always been kind of underestimated. Um, I've always been, you know, as a young kid, I was, you know, really picked on and I was always picked last and people didn't think that I was good enough at things. And, you know, with my, my peers, talking about my peers. And so I've always kind of had this chip in my shoulder of I, you know, I'm always going to work hard. I'm always going to work hard. I'm always going to prove to myself because that's that you know I don't need to prove myself to anyone to anyone but just prove to myself that I am capable and I can do hard things and I can get through it and so um yeah so going through Sunday kind of talk talk about it a little more in depth um you know the swim felt great the bike you know you're you're kind of going through the motions realizing that I can't push as hard as I wanted to on the hill and you know then on the run you know you have you have you have to you know, basically handle a lot of discomfort. And with with the race, with with Ironmans, you're never feeling good at any moment of this race. Like, you'll jump in the water, and it's instantly a dogfight. I mean, it's splashing, you're getting positioned, there's people everywhere, It's there's boats. It's just, it's just chaos. It's chaos in the water. And when you get out of the water, you might be a little delirious, might be a little dizzy, your equilibrium's off. You got a wetsuit on and then you're running to your bike, you get on your bike 
And then you have to make sure, okay, I got all my water bottles, I got all my food. And then you have to play the game of chess of, okay, don't cramp, don't bonk, don't, don't, don't exert yourself and forget to replenish yourself. So, you know, you're doing that on the bike and, you know, then you're going down these hills and it's fast. And then, you know, you have rain and it's cold and it's hailing on you and you have 18 wheelers going by you, spraying you with their mist and their crosswinds. They're also hitting your wheels and your bike wobbles while you're going 38 miles an hour. And so you're, you're managing so much. And then you get to the run and it's just like, in my opinion, I really feel like in these races, you really see who wants to be out there when you get to the run. Because in the water, you can't talk to anybody because your face is underwater. On the bike, you're moving fast, you know, you're not allowed to draft, so there's referees everywhere, so you're, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're kind of aware of what's going on, you're just, you're just pedaling, you know. When you get to the run, it's really easy to start going into a bad place and to start really understanding what is happening to your body. Um, and so when I, when I got to the run, you know, I always tell Billy this, there's always a time in a race where you have to make, you have to make a decision. Like you have to make a decision of, am I going to go for broke or am I going to just kind of coast and go through the motions? And, you know, my personality has always been, I'm always going to give 110% at whatever I do. That's just how I'm wired. This is how I operate. I don't, I don't understand not giving every ounce of energy into something that you believe in. And that's, that's a big part of, you know, with Traverse. And, you know, I'm going to kind of tie it all in of how that got really unhealthy for me at Traverse and how racing has allowed me to, you know, kind of get back to this balance of understanding, you know, how to operate about things for me when I'm passionate because that's my biggest weakness. My biggest weakness and biggest strength is that I'm so passionate but it can also be the downfall of me because I'll care so much that I'll hang on super tight and I don't know how to handle, you know, when things don't go my way or things aren't done the way that I want to be done. So on the run, first lap, I kind of look at my watch. I'm understanding what my pace needs to be and I'm like, I'm feeling really good. And then heading to lap number two, um, I'm kind of like, huh, it's starting to hit me. And you just, you can feel it. You, you can just feel it when your body, your body's already in a lot of fucking pain. You've already been through a fucking shit ton and you're out there on the run and that, that pain, that discomfort, it becomes something different. It becomes this cloud of darkness that's coming over your eyes and it's telling you, hey, stop, go to fucking bed and don't ever do this again. And so you have to make a decision like, Am I going to am I going to quit and let off the gas or am I going to keep my foot on the pedal knowing that this is going to really hurt? So I'm going to lap number two and my pace is slowing down. My stomach's starting to go crazy. I have my poop issues and I see Billy. He's heading in. He's finishing up his third lap. He's, he's, near the, he's heading towards the final turn and I, and, I, and I see him and he has this look on his face and it's, it just, it's just fucking pain. It's misery. It's that misery look, okay? It's that misery plus giving everything you have look. And I saw that and I was like, yep, okay. Hell yeah, buddy, let's go. And I, you know, it's like I, I, I got competitive with that. I'm like, okay, Billy can do it. I'm, now it's time for me to fucking do it. So I started to do that and I'm still feeling like everything's really hitting me hard. 
as I'm coming around for the third lap, um, I see Billy. He's he's at the he's at the turn where I'm, where I'm making the hard turn for the third lap, and I just kind of tell him like everything's hurting, and he just goes, "I don't care." <laughs> so so if you know Billy and I, our friendship, that's just how Billy and I talk. Like if Billy Billy is like a brother to me, and it's a brother I never had because I always wish I had brothers, and that's how I want someone to talk to me in that moment like you know because it's it's competitive like you're you're out there and you've put so much time and energy into this thing why why are you going to allow the discomfort to keep you from what you set out to do like discomfort comes and goes you know like discomfort isn't forever and so it's like okay yeah you're right i don't care either so in that moment it's like okay chris Chelsea, Emily, whoever, you know, Billy, Hayden, we all have a moment. We all have to make a decision. Am I going to give it all I have, leave it all on the line, and no matter what my body tells me, to, well, no matter what my body's trying to tell me to do, I'm going to tell it what I'm going to do. And I know that when it's over, my body's going to be really fucking mad at me and it's going to be really painful. But is this so important to me? Am I so bought in on this this thing that I'm doing and I'm participating in that I'm willing to sacrifice it all. And that, and, and the answer for me is yes, always, always yes. So Billy giving me that extra reminder of like, you know, I don't care that you're hurting. It was like, Hey, you know what you need to do right now. And so that third lap, <clears throat> I mean, I, I went to a place that was dark, lonely, and I just had to battle everything inside of me that said, Please stop. You don't need to do this anymore. You can walk. You can take your time. But I was just, no, like that's that's just not okay with me. And so I I worked so hard. I worked so hard in that third lap. Um, we had so many friends out there. And I remember seeing Mary Bozeman at the top of the final hill. And, you know, and I knew that my left leg was really in a bad spot. I could feel it trying to cramp even with all the water and goose and hydration I was putting in. It's just like your body can only handle so much. And so I'm going up this hill and Bozeman, she 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 gets it, man. She she gets it. She knew what I needed. She just starts fucking screaming at me. And so like she's like, KP, KP, get up this hill, KP. And so I, you know, for me, again, that I, I'm like, that's my love language. So I am like hunched over. I got my hand on my left leg and I'm running, like skipping, hopping up this hill because I'm like, I am not going to fucking walk and I'm going to tell my body I'm getting... So it's such an intense, like 10 seconds. Mary Bose is in my ear screaming. I'm grunting. I have a this face that looks like I'm having like a seizure and I just catch this glimpse of this girl who's, you know, she's walking and she's just looking at me like, what the hell is he, what is going on? Just, she couldn't understand why that was happening. For her, she was like, why would you want to, why would someone scream at someone? Why would that person try that hard? But it was like, you know, for me, I'm like, this is everything to me. This is, this is getting me up this hill. And, you know, for Bozeman to see that it was huge. And I got to the top of the hill. It got flat. I took off. And, you know, and again, Bozeman understands. She knew that, you know, she knew that I was thankful. I didn't say it, but she knew. And, you know, so when I got to the top of that hill, that was my moment for me where, like, I fucking went for broke. Like, that that took everything to get up that hill. And I gave everything to make sure that I was giving my everything 
on that hill because I'm not going to let up on the gas. And when you get up over that hill, you make your way into town and, you know, you're just waiting for that final turn. And, you know, when you make that final turn in an Ironman, there's, there's really nothing like it. I mean, I remember with, with St. George, when I made that turn, I saw the red carpet with all the spotlights and all the people. It, it was the most overwhelming, most beautiful experience of my life. And, you know, in Coeur d'Alene, it was so different because, like, my son is so much older and he understands things now and there's so many people there. And when you're making that final turn, you think about everything that it took to get there. Like, I don't think, you know, unless you do this, you can't really comprehend what it takes to get ready and to show up for an Ironman and to fucking go through it. Like, it is, there's so much sacrifice. There's so much time. Your family sacrifices time with you because they know that you need to ride your bike for six hours and you have to drive to Boulder and that's an hour drive. Then it's an hour drive back and then it's pretty much bedtime. So the little kids are going to bed. So mom's been home all day by herself. And then you need to go to bed because you have to wake up and run 20 miles in the morning. So you need to get your nine hours of sleep. And so like there's so much, there's so much sacrifice on every, every aspect for these athletes because everyone comes from different, you know, different situations. And, you know, for me, I owe it to my family, to my friends, to the, everyone who has helped me to get to this point. I owe it to them to come around that turn knowing I fucking gave it my all and knowing that I showed up ready to compete. I showed up ready to go. I showed up ready to like see this moment of like victory that I want to celebrate with all of them because they're all part of it. And I would be doing a fucking injustice and it would be so disrespectful for me not to show up like that. And because, again, no matter what, so, you know, so, so no matter what, no matter if you're single, you have family or you have, you know, friends or whatever. If you're a racer, there is somebody being impacted by you doing this. And there's somebody who is you know, encouraging you to do this. There's someone who's believing you. There's someone who's helping you get there, whether, you know, hey, they do workouts with you or they help you with gear or they, you know, whatever. They, they, there's so many things. Everyone is being supported by somebody and every racer owes it to those people to show up and be like, I'm fucking here. It's time to go. Thank you for supporting me. I make that final turn and I, the first people I see is Sally and Luca and I get emotional. I just get emotional because I am just so proud of myself and I'm so thankful for them for allowing me to be here, like you know, for allowing me and for supporting me. So I go to them, I give them a hug and kiss, and then I see Hayden, Hayden and Jamie. They're last year we did the half in Coeur d'Alene, and they're standing in the same spot where they high five me when I finished the half last year. They're both standing right there, and I give them those high fives. That was everything for me. Then Billy is at the tunnel, and Billy's got his arm out, and he's like finished like a champion, and. You know, for Billy, Billy, Billy is such an amazing athlete. And, you know, he's just someone that I respect so much and that I, you know, I just, I just value him. I'm so grateful for him. And, you know, he has put in all these days with me. So like seeing him at the tunnel was so fitting. I'm like, yeah, man, you're, 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 you're just as much a part of this finish as I am because we did the work together. And, I give him a high five and he's like finished like a champion. And, and what he means by that is like, hey, this red carpet is yours right now. Like this moment is yours 
finish like a champion, put your hands out, embrace the high fives, let people know you did it. Like, take this all in because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and a once in a lifetime feeling to know that you are capable, you are less than the 0.1% of people in the world that will ever do something like this, you did it. And so I went down the red carpet, I love to put my arms out, I love to fly to the finish line, that's, that's me just, hey, I've arrived, I can do anything, I love to put my arms out and yell and scream because that's just me being like the passion of everything it took to do this just comes out. And so special moment, Iron Man, beautiful thing, um, crazy thing to think about, crazy thing to do. But damn, is it is it is it one of the most fucking rewarding things that you can ever experience? So if you're someone debating on just even doing races, races are great, and that's that's what's so wonderful about these things is that you can you can have experiences with people, and I had experience with over 30 people this last Sunday in Coeur d'Alene that I'll never forget. And um, you know, it's just it takes me into my next point of like where I'm at right now with my mental health and where I'm at with my state of being and how bad things got for me and I stepped away and how I legitimately told myself in my sabbatical I was going to quit the race. I just, I lost passion and love for all these things that were so important to me because, you know, like I said, I'm a passionate person and when I care about something, it is it is so important to me and I I I lost the ability to handle the ups and downs of, you know, owning a business. Um, I lost the ability to handle the challenges of owning a business and um, it was just wearing me out. And I forgot what it was like to overcome and I forgot what it took to overcome. I forgot that challenges are a part of everything. And that's where, again, being reminded with the Ironman of challenges on the bike, challenges on the run, but I fucking overcame it and I and I figured it out and that's that's who I am. That's what I'm capable of doing. And so with Traverse, I lost that. And so now like as I've been working on my mental health and I've been doing the work to to improve, as I'm going through the Ironman, I'm like seeing all this work I've done on myself and how it's affecting my race. Because like, you know, KP two months ago or three months ago, if KP is not doing well on the bike, I'm fucking pissed, I'm cussing, I'm mad, I'm fucking frustrated, and my head is just fucking everywhere. If I get, if I start shitting on the run, I'm mad, I'm throwing toilet paper, I'm kicking the, the porta potty, because I, I just, I'm just, things are not going the way I, I want them to go. And and so like for me, I know it sounds crazy, but for me to see how I've been using this time of like improving on myself and seeing that come out in a race that's so important to me because performing is so important to me and being better is so important to me and how I was able to handle those ups and downs was just so encouraging because it's like, okay, if I can do this in a race, which again, sports are important, I love them, I can I can do this with the gym. And it was just, it was just really cool for me to kind of witness that. Um, you know, I for that time away, I, I hated, there was a really a good time where I hated Traverse, I hated it. Um, I dreaded it. Everything about it was exhausting and daunting and I wanted nothing to do with it. And again, the reminder of when you challenge yourself and when you put yourself in challenging circumstances and embracing it and knowing that at some point 
you're going to get through it. Reminded again through this Ironman that that's, that's the same thing with Traverse. And, you know, so applying all these lessons I've been learning and digging into and really, you know, figuring out the, the roots of, of all these things is it's just really awesome, man. It's really, it's been really cool to see how me not quitting the race because I wanted to do that. Billy, Mark, Andrea, they just fucking loved on me and just supported me by meeting me up for workouts. And that was really what kept my head in the game. Like I, if I did not train for Ironman and continue to, you know, to, to make this decision, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to push through it. If I did not do that, I honestly don't know if I would be back at the gym. 100% can say that. Um, you can ask Sally. Um, I was looking at other jobs. I was looking at other homes in other states. I wanted, I just wanted to get out of here because for me, I just lost all capacity to um, want to work hard anymore. And because I was just exhausted because I didn't, I forgot how to balance it out. And with an Ironman training, you can't do an Ironman race every day to train. You got to do small snippets. And that's how I'm now applying all that to work. I have to do small snippets. I have to know my limitations. I have to know when to scale back. I, have to, I know when to ramp up. And, and that's why I think when people avoid challenging things, they're almost like you're avoiding such an opportunity to grow and to see what you are capable of. Like for me, like, again, think about it. If I don't go to Coeur d'Alene, I'm probably not at Traverse anymore. I'm probably done. I'm probably gone. I'm probably doing something that I'll end up hating in two years and I'll, and then I'll regret ever, you know, leaving the gym. And I'll be like, what? I can't believe I didn't stick through it. And like, because I stay committed to a challenging event and something that allowed me to be connected with people it was just such a huge game changer for me such such a powerful tool that allowed me to stay mentally right to to want to work on getting back to the gym and you know completing that race getting that medal you're just like man i i can do this and i got people that love me and i got people that love me so much at this race I have even more people that love me so much at work and people that, you know, want to see me win and see me do well. And, you know, that was just, that's just the power that these type of events have. And, you know, when you put in the work and you put in the time, you're only going to experience the fruit of it. So um, definitely a massive thing that I would encourage everyone to, you know, really challenge yourself to tell yourself, hey, like what, what, what am I avoiding? Because maybe I'm, I don't think I can do it or because I feel like that's too hard or I don't know how it's possible. Like, don't think like that. Like that right there is another example of how we as a society have trained ourselves to avoid hard things because if we don't feel like it's just kind of easily handed to us or it's easily, you know, achieved, like I don't really want to put in the work. That's that's just something that I feel like we should all be avoiding at all costs because, yeah, like, you know, Billy is a phenomenal athlete. He did sub 10 Ironman. Okay. Like it's easy for me as his best friend to be like, ah, I don't want to do the same race as Billy. I'm just going to look silly. Like, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to be inspired by that and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy working just as hard as Billy and putting in just as much work as Billy. Yes. The time looks different, but the, the end goal, the end results the same. We both finished like champions. We both finished like giving everything we had, you know, with no resolve of our bodies or what would happen. Cause all we cared about was like, we're going to, we're going to compete. We're going to finish. And 
that allows Billy and I, and I know other people to, you know, apply those things into life and apply those things when life is hard, work's hard, family's hard, you know, things are just not going your way and you can fall back on these type of experiences, these type of, of memories of, hey, remember the time when my leg was seizing up and I was willing myself up this hill? I, I can I can finish this task at work, you know? So those are all opportunities where we can allow ourselves to embrace the suck, embrace the challenging things that we are so blessed to be able to sign up for. Like, it is, like, think about it, think about it. Like, you can sign up for things that there are people in this world that will never have these opportunities. And we're just so lucky that we can. We're so lucky that, hey, we have gyms that are, you know, so advanced now where you can have a treadmill that's like running outside. You can have a bike that's like riding a bike outside. So it's like, there's really no excuse. Like, okay, well, you know, there's things that you, there are ways that you can make things happen. It just takes work. And putting in work to be discomfort is a beautiful thing. And um, it's something that I will always instill with my son, uh, even with my daughter. And it's something that will always hold very high in this home. And, and it's the type of people that I'll surround myself with because those are the people that I feed off of. Those are the people that I, I, I have that connection, that bond, that same, you know, type of like mindset of like, this is how, this is how, this is how you should go about life. Um, I don't understand people that show up to things not prepared or show up to things kind of just going through the motions, you know, like when people are out there on the run and they're just talking and having powwows, like, I don't get that. I'm like, yo, why are you having a full conversation and laughing about what you did last night? Like you should be fucking crawling on the ground, competing so hard to give it your all. And, you know, just not everyone's built like that. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's encouraging when you do see people like that and, and you can see that you see them out there racing and you know, that people still, still have that type of desire, um, to be the best version of themselves. And yes, like failing and not doing well, that sucks. But Hey, if you're going to run away from that your whole life and you're not going to do things cause you don't want to not look good or not do well, that's something that you really need to, in my opinion, I just think that's something that you need to just really, make a decision, be like, hey, I don't want to live my life that anymore because not believing yourself and not thinking that you're good enough, that's 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 a road to, you know, that can lead to some more dark stuff. And by no means should anyone ever feel like anything they do is not good enough. And it kind of brings me to this point. I got a message yesterday um, about the race. Now, again, I, I don't think that this message was meant to be disrespectful or you know or offensive but you know i'll kind of read it hey uh great job of the race billy's a beast but we all we already know that uh nice work with a steady run uh not trying to be condescending but just impressed with your pace you should be satisfied um you know that that message to me that that what that tells me right away yes i was frustrated when i got that message yesterday i was frustrated um, you know, because I, I, I took that, I took that personally, you know, Billy's a beast. Then they say good, steady pace for you. I'm not a beast, but I got a steady pace compliment. Not trying to be condescending. Well, why are you saying that? If that seems condescending that you're saying that, um, but you should be satisfied with your race. Like that, that's just someone who doesn't understand, uh, what just transpired on Sunday. And I kind of want to hit on that a little bit because I think it's really easy, especially in today's world, to gravitate towards the things that we view as like 
an achievement and I was successful and oh, that's, that's fucking awesome. And, you know, again, Billy is the most humble person when it comes to these things. And his time is something that is unbelievable, a sub 10 hours. And for me, the reason I have a hard time with that, that statement of telling someone they're a beast and not following that up with, well, you're a beast too, is only because people will show up for these events and they might finish in 17 hours right, on the, right at the deadline and they are fucking crawling. And even when I'm even in coaching, I've always said if, if, you're, if you're walking at three miles an hour and your effort is the same as someone running 15 miles an hour, you're just as fucking important, okay? If Billy does a sub-10 Ironman and then I do my sub-13 and I gave my all and he gave his all, like the category of steady doesn't fucking exist right there, okay? that's The category of that is like you fucking had grit, you fucking gave it your all, you're a fucking legend. And that's how everyone in this race should be viewed. That's how everyone in races should be viewed that fucking give their all, no matter what your fucking time is, okay? Because, like, that's the thing with races, man. It's, yes, like, when you are looking at an app, you're looking at an Ironman app, it's really fucking easy to look at that app and be like, ah, he's running at a 9.51. Oh, Billy's at 7.50. Man, Billy's a beast. And you get stuck on that. You, You don't understand what a 9.51 pace feels like after you've had the day you've had and you still have another lap to go. Like I had eight miles to go on my third lap. Eight miles to go, my watch is telling me it's 11.45. I've been out there for 11 hours, 45 minutes. I have to complete eight miles before my fucking watch says 13 or I'm gonna fucking lose it. So like for me, I'm like, these that, that person and for other people, they have no idea how fucking agonizing that pace is that I'm holding. And with that last eight miles, I had to increase my pace because I'm like, okay, I have to average a 925 or faster to make sure I'm under 13 hours. And, and you know, when you're doing that and you're in pain and you're miserable, it is a fucking legendary thing to witness when people do that. When people bite down and they just fucking say, you know what, screw it. I don't fucking care what happens in my body. It is time to fucking win. And, and that's, that's something that you can't see in an app. You can't see what someone's going through when you're looking at your phone or at your laptop, watching the little icon move on the map. Like, and you know, for people that do that, people that do get it, I had some messages when I got to my phone. I had 105 messages, and you know, I'm kind of seeing who's sending what. And I, there's a few people that catch my eye because they're a part of my training, or they've done Ironmans, they've been a part of my journey to get here. And I got one text from a buddy. He's like, "Hey, I know you can't see this, but I'm here with you. I'm here with you." And I, I see what you're doing. You're doing amazing. Keep going. Get to that finish line. Like he understood. Like he understood. Like okay, KP's at this part of the race. He understands what that part of the race feels like. He sees me moving, and he's letting me know. Like I'm watching you, and I understand how hard you're trying. And you know, so it's like that. You know, saying like, "Hey, nice steady pace," and way to be consistent. You should be satisfied. Like no, like I should be fucking. I'm not satisfied. I'm fucking proud of how I showed out. I'm fucking proud of Chelsea Hunter, how she showed out. I'm fucking proud of Hayden Porter. I'm fucking proud of Corey Scott. Like, I am proud of all these people who had all these different times because I saw them out there and I understood what was happening. I understood how hard they were trying and I understood 
the mindset it takes to embrace that. And that is just something that I think a lot of people can miss and they can miss out on the beauty of what it really is to compete and put it all out there and how it should never be classified as anything different than someone else who just did the same thing based on times and paces and all that stuff. And that's 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 the type of shit that can kind of get me going because, you know, everyone should be celebrated for giving their best. Everybody. Like, you should be celebrated for giving your best. Like, I... I know that, like, for me, like, if Luca gives his best, I'm going to let him know, dude, that was an amazing job. Great job. Okay? Like, because, like, giving your best is, a, is, is an art. It's, it's something that not everyone possesses. And so when people possess that, they need to be fucking recognized because giving your best is uncomfortable. Giving your best is work. Giving your best is daunting. Giving your best can seem endless. Like, shit, I have to, I have to run a marathon? Like, the idea of that? I have to run a marathon after I've done all this other stuff? Like... The, to give your best for 26.2 miles after you've given your best for everything else, like that is a fucking beautiful, great thing to, to see people possess. And I have the privilege of having people at the same gym in the same city as me that all that all are friends. I have the privilege of having people who are, I'm surrounded by who have the same mindset. And, you know, so yeah, that's my, that's a little take there of like, you know, everyone's a beast. Everyone's a beast who's, who's out there who's given their best. Okay. And again, it goes back to my thing of like, if you want to compliment people on a race, kind of make sure you start off with how you feeling? How do you think it go? Like kind of let them tell you how it went instead of how you perceived it. Um, because again, like I just think like it's, it's, it's a tough thing to, to hear. You know, if, if I told Chelsea Hunter, Hey, like, Hey, that was, that was, that was pretty good. Like I, that's, that's not appropriate. Like that's like Chelsea Hunter, she she put in a lot of fucking work to get there and she was a savage on Sunday. And she 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 impressed me so much. I saw her all day long. And I'll be completely honest with you, she was a big push for me. Like cuz she she was hungry, man. She was hungry and she was smiling. And a smiling athlete is a fucking dangerous athlete. And you ask Andrew Gableman, she had a smile on her face in Wisconsin, freezing cold rain, she fucking nailed it. And so when you see an athlete smiling, you're like, damn, they're going to come fucking feast on me if I don't keep going. So, you know, so Chelsea pushed me. And, um, yeah, because she's a beast. And it doesn't matter what her time was. doesn't matter what her pace was. She was a beast that day. And she should be damn proud of what she did. Not satisfied. She should be damn proud. Um, and, yeah, so I think, like, just making sure that, you know, when you go into these type of things and you go into the realm and the space of, you know, putting yourself out there. Yeah. People, people are going to criticize you. And I, and I was talking to Sally about this of like, people are always going to have an opinion about what it is that you did. Okay. And I've been learning that too with the gym. Um, that was something that was hard for me to understand of like people having opinions about things when I was like, well, why would they have an opinion about that when they don't, they don't get it. And I would, you know, I'd, I'd sit on that, I'd get upset, but now I'm really learning again, through all my time and in this race of people are always going to have an opinion by what you did based on what they think. And that's, that's just, that's never going to change. And you need to always remind yourself of like, you know what? The only thing that matters is what I think and what the people that are the most important to me think. And, um, so, you know, even my good friend, I had a good talk with Andrew yesterday and, she was texting and she was just saying the same thing. She's like, you know, 
KP, what you did Sunday was so impressive. Like you improved in everything. You you were incredible. You tried so hard. Like that's what's important to me. You know, not not the opinions of what people might say. Oh, his swim. You know, I can swim a one forty five pace, or I I could have run a nine minute pace, or I could have biked twenty miles an hour. Like those are just things that people will say, and maybe they can, maybe they can. But you know. Until they decide to put themselves out there and go for it, because putting yourself out there is scary for people because they don't want to be, they don't want to look not great or not perfect, which is another pandemic that this world faces. We always have to feel like we're doing everything so perfect and that we're always the best and that we don't, we're not allowed to have flaws, which is horseshit. Um, You know, the courage to, put it out there is is awesome and um i was really inspired by my friends that were out there giving their all and no matter what their pace was no matter what they were doing it was inspiring like kara she was hurting man she was hurting on that run and i went by her and i just i was her and i said nice job she goes nice job and i could just see her body i could see everything i was like oh girl i know what you're feeling and she pushed through it she finished and she had to do work to get there um, and I would never judge her for what her time or pace was because I saw her giving everything. Um, so yeah, it is a, it's a, it's a crazy thing to sit there and think, huh? Like, what if like, what if I were to try and do this? It's, pr- it's a crazy thing to think about. And if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, that's just something that's just insane. Like, that's fine. Find something different. But if you're someone who's like, uh, if you're just kind of teetering, just just do it, man. Do it. Put yourself out there. If you need a if you need a you know, a little boost of uh, encouragement, I'll I'll gladly give that to you. But you know, with Traverse, man, you know we talk about everyone has a mountain. We talk about you versus you, and everyone has a mountain is so it, it's so it's so wonderful because it's like everyone has something they need to get over and everyone has a challenge in their life and everyone has things they need to persevere and they need to, you know, say that I did it. And for Traverse to be a place where like we embrace that, like we, we embrace that, 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 that for me was so huge in my sabbatical of like, man, my mountain right now is this mental state I'm in where I'm just upset all the time. I'm always exhausted. I don't enjoy what I do. And it was a mountain that I did not think that I could get over. But then the amount of people that surrounded me and loved on me and told me that I could do it and pushed me, you know, in such a loving way to keep going, to keep putting in the work, like, that's how I got through it. Like, the you versus you, like, that was my you versus you moment. Like, I've never had such a me versus me, a KP versus KP, like I did during those six weeks being away of, like, it is so hard to work on yourself and applying that with races and the amount of work it takes to do that and the work you do with yourself out there. Like, it's just, it all lines up with what your verse is, you know, like, and I'm not here trying to tell everyone you have to do races. You don't have to do races. You can do hydro. You can, but I think everyone should do something physically challenging because you're at a gym, you're in fitness. That's why we do fitness. That's why we do sport because we want to be stronger. And whether you play golf or paddle or, you know, you fucking like to just run around on the on the field with your kids or play kickball or dodgeball or capture the flag or volleyball, like 
Everyone does something at the gym. Like it's, 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 everyone does something. Like put yourself out there, figure out ways that you can make yourself more uncomfortable. Sign up for a volleyball tournament. Um, you know, maybe sign up for a paddle tournament, you know, go beat Annie Stukes. It's like, just allow yourself to be in a realm where you can be with people who are all trying to compete, trying to improve, and you can be surrounded by people who want to see you win because it's, it's a, it's a powerful thing. It's why I'm still here. It's why I'm still at Traverse because people want to see me win. People believed in me. I didn't think people believed in me. I didn't think people wanted me to win. I thought everyone was out to get me. And again, that was just all shit I made up in my head. And even with this race, man, seeing my friends cheer for me and I haven't spent time with a lot of them. I don't get to see them a lot. Like it just reminded me of like, people's hearts they want you to win they want you to succeed they want to see you get to the top of that mountain and get over it and then they want to see you do the next one and the next one and they want that you versus you to be something that's so natural for you that anytime that challenge hits you you're like i fucking got this because i know what it takes and i have a community of people around me who want to see me succeed that i can lean on i can ask for help i can rely on other people i can ask mark hey can we swim i can ask andrew and Bill, hey can we bike hey andrew can we talk any event about the race hey can i can i do this kind of and it's like, and people are like, yes, I want to help you. And that to me was something I didn't know existed because I just thought, you know, I was by myself and we're not. So you can win. You can win a life. You can win a sport. You can win at challenges because there are people in this world and especially at Traverse that want to see you win. So anyway, that's my recap. Hope it was good. Hope it was enlightening. That's my first one. I promise it will get better and I'll have a much better setup than how I'm going to upload all this right now. But Traverse Fitness, podcast number one in the books, Coeur d'Alene. Congratulations to everyone who competed, to everyone who was there. Thank you for everyone who came out. And again, if you were inspired by this to do something hard or challenging, let me know about it. Let, let or tell someone, be accountable, go for it. Don't hold back. Don't, don't limit yourself because the amount of things that, you know, people miss out on that they can be great in because they doubt, just don't let doubt stop you from seeing what you're capable of. So uh, next podcast, I got some ideas, so stay tuned. But uh, yeah, I'll be putting this up for y'all to listen to and hope it, hope it did something for you. All right, love you all. See you guys next time.